0: Well, now that Big 12 Media Days is in the books, I start to get pretty juiced up for the football season. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is how you join us every day. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. Great to have you guys on board and appreciate you joining us for another week. So I want to put together, I do this every summer around this time. If you're a new listener, you probably don't know this. If you're a long-time listener, you do know this. I like to put together... A dream Big 12 football road trip with a catch because it's too easy to just go out there and go to the, you know, best game every week. That's easy to do, right? What I like to do and what I enjoy doing is putting together a dream Big 12 football road trip that requires me to go to every Big 12 stadium at least once because then you have to strategically figure out when you're going to go to each stadium. And how you're going to go to each stadium and what your game plan is, because you got to go to all 10, right? So let's go through this and we'll start with week one. Week one, I'm going to a neutral site game. I'm going to Stanford, Kansas State. Jerry World, I just got back from obviously being at Jerry World with the Big 12 Media Days taking place down there. And I don't know, hanging out for a weekend down in Arlington, maybe catch a baseball game at that new Globe Life Park or Globe Life Stadium there next to the uh, football stadium. You got Texas Live where it's a great scene. The beers are too expensive. It's a great scene. By the way, our buddy Derek Duke, I mean, my goodness. That guy, i please support our sponsors because Derek Duke ran me dry at Texas Live last week. My goodness. But anyway, uh, K-State taking on Stanford at Jerry World. That just sounds like a fun way to kick off the season. I thought about Texas Tech in Houston because I want to see a Big 12 team whip up on Dana Holgerson a little bit. But I said, you know what? Um, Houston's more sterile. I, I, I'd rather go to Jerry World. I'd rather go to Arlington. So I'm starting off the season, neutral site, Stanford, Kansas State. And I want to see the Wildcats, Skylar Thompson back in the mix, Deuce Vaughn year two. I want to see those guys in action and then have some fun with K-State fans after the fact. So this is not uh, – by the way, I'm not going to be there, okay? I mean, I got a newborn at home and a toddler. So I'm not going to be there, but this is my dream, Dream Big 12 football road trip. And if you're going to be there, if you're a K-State fan, have a beer for me, all right? Please. Uh, Week two. There's only one game to go to in week two. Iowa State hosting Iowa. Uh, I mean, there's Cy Hawk. That's it. Uh, This will probably be a top 20 game. College game day should be there if they're smart. Highlight the Iowa State Cyclones. Highlight the program that's being built down there or has been built by Matt Campbell. You could argue Texas and Arkansas old southwest conference showdown but it's really iowa iowa state that's what that week two game is about that's the only place to be if you're a big 12 fan and a chance to beat the big 10 matt campbell has never beaten iowa he's gotten off to slow starts Uh, that's been the biggest point of contention for matt campbell really the only point of contention for matt campbell has been the slow starts so that's the way to go in week two week three I, there were a couple options here. You've got your first Big Twelve conference game of the year, Baylor at Kansas. But I, is that really going to be the first Big Twelve game you go to? Not for me. I thought about Oklahoma State at Boise State. Yeah, I want to see Boise, Idaho. I heard it's beautiful up there. Probably great that time of year. I heard it's incredibly nice people. I'd like to visit. Good game, but because of the history. I've got to go Nebraska at Oklahoma in week three. I, I just – i I've got to do that. I've got to go Nebraska-Oklahoma. And just because of the pageantry around it. I'm I'm a big college football fan, but I also love the history around college football. So even though OU is going to be a three-touchdown favorite in this game, something about Oklahoma-Nebraska – like I've, I've – I don't really even know if I have a DVD player anymore, but I've got the DVDs of like the – Best of Oklahoma games, and there's a ton of Nebraska games from the mid-70s that you can watch back. It's a lot of fun, actually, to do, especially when there's no football on. But that's a game to me that I just I want to be there for the pageantry of that moment. So OU's going to steamroll them. Nebraska stinks, but I still want to be at that game. I'll be at Nebraska OU Week 3. Week 4, also some good options, but as far as I see it, the one I'm going to be at, Kansas State at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. I feel like these teams, they always play uh, pretty good games. Like, I I always feel like it's a good showdown between these two teams. And that's where I want to go to Stillwater. Stillwater's a great time, great place. This is a good game, by the way. And this will tell us a lot about these two teams as well. You know, both these teams think that they can be surprise teams in the conference. And you look at the games that they played in recent memory. I mean, last year was a two-point game. Ah, uh, 2019 and uh, 2018 were kind of blowouts either way, but 2017 was that big time upset. Remember this, K State winning 45-40 in Stillwater. I-, I remember that game like it was yesterday. In 2016, it was a six point game, In 2015, it was a two point game. So they play a lot of close games. These two teams. So I'm I'm going K State at Oklahoma State in week four. Uh, in week five, Texas at TCU. It's going to be interesting because when you look at it, like TCU is a team that I believe should be able to compete near the top of the Big 12 Conference standings this fall. I think they finally got the offense figured out and put together where they should compete uh, at a high level. I mean, they could be a dark horse in this conference that crashes the Big 12 Conference championship game. They have the talent to do it. But I understand if you're like, Pete, stop with TCU. I mean, and I have said it. I said it last year. I thought they could do this. So I understand, like, some of us, and I will put myself in that category, have bought TCU stock the last couple of years, and the return has not been there for Gary Patterson. They haven't gotten it done. I think that'll change this year, but this will be telling. I feel like the Texas TCU game is always telling for both of these conferences or both of these teams, and I feel like it always happens earlier in the season too. And this will be case in point on that. Um, When the Longhorns, who obviously, when you've got that kind of talent, And you got a new head coach. Expectations are high. And Gary Patterson is always, by the way, Gary Patterson owns Texas. Uh, He owns Texas. He gets his guys up because a lot of his guys have chips on their shoulders, you know, weren't recruited or under-recruited by Texas. You go back to when Gary Patterson and TCU joined the Big 12, they've only lost twice to Texas. You go back. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. They are seven and two against Texas since joining the Big 12. Gary Patterson's got their number. All right. So uh, that's the game I'm going to in week five. Week six, only one way to go. A neutral sight, but it is Oklahoma taking on Texas, the Red River rivalry. It's Steve Sarkeesian's first one. What does he bring to the table? Uh, You know, two young, sharp guys. Now, you had that, granted, with Tom Herman and Lincoln Riley as well. But still, anytime you got a new head coach in this game, in this rivalry, uh, you didn't have it in full swing last year because of COVID, you got to go. I have not been to one uh, in my lifetime. I want to go to one desperately in my lifetime to a Red River shootout. I think it would be incredible. I'm sure many of you who have been to one of those games are saying, yes, Pete, you got to go. And I do need to go. Once again, it won't be this year with the toddler, but God willing, it will be sooner rather than later. No doubt about that. So that's where I'm going in week six. In week seven, Farmageddon's on the schedule, but I'm not going there because remember, I have to go under my own rules. I've got to go to each Big 12 stadium once. So it gets tricky. All right. Because you got to, can't just go to the best game each week and Farmageddon's a game I want to be at, but, but it's not where I'm going. Oklahoma State at Texas is where I'm going. And you want to talk about two programs that play each other well. It is these two programs. I feel like it's always a dramatic game in some way, shape, or form when these two teams hook up. Oh, it's always a one-score game. Literally, go back the last four years with these two teams. Last year, you had uh, Texas winning the game 41-34. Two years ago, Texas won 3630. Three years ago, Oklahoma State won 3835. Four years ago, Oklahoma State won 13 to 10. And then five years ago, 16, Oklahoma State won 49-31. But then you go back to 2015, Oklahoma State won thirty twenty seven. So four of the or five of the past six seasons, these games have been decided by six points or less. All right. I mean, that's that's a hell of a matchup. That is one of the most underrated matchups. And not just the Big 12, but maybe college football, just based on how these two teams and programs play each other. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. So I'm going to Oklahoma State at Texas. Farmageddon's going to be a good one, but uh, I'm going to Austin. And then I'm going to 6th Street the party. That's where I'm going after that. All right. Been the Texas game. That's a great time. Great time. It's not sloppy. It's sophisticated, but it's still a very good time. Number eight, week eight of the season. All right. This is when I'm going to Kansas. I'm going to the OU-Kansas game, all right? I could go to Oklahoma State and Iowa State, but once again, i got to hit every stadium. Now, hear me out here on why I'm going to OU-Kansas. You might say, Pete, why not try to pick a competitive game for Kansas? What does that mean? A game they lose by only two touchdowns instead of four? And I'm not picking on Kansas here, but Lance Leipold's got a huge rebuild on his hands. He's the first one to tell you that. So I might as well go and... Watch a team that's likely going to be competing in the Big 12 championship game in Oklahoma. Maybe competing for a national championship. The game will be over by the second quarter. And then I go enjoy myself in Lawrence. Right? I mean, that's why would I not do that? Uh, I mean, that's that's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. Can you really argue with me here? I don't think you can. I don't think you should either, by the way. I'll go have a grand old time. I'm going to go enjoy myself down there on Massachusetts Street. That's what I'm going to do. I'll be drinking by half. I mean, I'll be drinking before the game, but I'll be drinking by halftime somewhere on Massachusetts Street. That's what I'm going to be doing. So uh, that's that's why I'm going to OUKU in week eight. In week nine, going down to Waco, Texas, Texas at Baylor. So uh, Baylor is one of these teams that we may be undervaluing going into the season, not that I think they could crash a Big 12 championship game. I, I don't. I don't believe that. I'm not going to lie to you and sit here and say, yeah, Baylor, maybe. No, I don't. But I do wonder if this is kind of the season where Dave Aranda's team win, or loses a lot of close games, but you start to see the building blocks for 2022 come together, that uh, those of us that, you know, watch the Big 12 will see. They won't around the rest of the conference or the rest of the country, I should say. But those of us around the Big 12 will see it firsthand. And, you know, that Baylor always gets jacked up, kind of like TCU gets jacked up to play Texas. So does Baylor and its players and its fan base. And I've been down to Waco. It's a great time, great fans, great people. So this is one. I was actually at the Texas-Baylor game. Oh, when would that have been? 17? 2017 would have been? That was, uh, yeah, year one under Matt Rule and they got absolutely smoked because rule was there 17 18 19 right then he left so yeah that was year one under matt rule 2017 they got smoked but baylor fans were absolutely outstanding so i'm gonna go to texas baylor in week nine in week 10 i'm going to morgantown baby oklahoma state west virginia that's what i'm talking about uh Yeah, that's where I'm going. Sunflower Showdown is at KU. I thought about making that my KU trip, but no, I want to go to Morgantown. Mike Gundy in Morgantown. Oh, boy, that's got all the makings of a wild weekend. I'll tell you that right now. Morgantown is amazing. Been to games there, and you have a lot of fun in Morgantown, baby, all right? I mean, you have a lot of fun in Morgantown. So I'm going to have a great time in Morgantown in my hypothetical dream Big 12 road trip, and we are going to enjoy it. Okay, we are going to enjoy it. So that's going to be a good game, too. That could be a sneaky good game in week 10 of the Big 12 football season. Week 11, go from Morgantown all the way out to Lubbock, Texas. Iowa State at Texas Tech. Now, this could be a trap game for Iowa State because uh, next week. Oh, and I know West Virginia fans, you want me to give a shout out to High Street, don't you? High Street's a good time. But anyway, in Lubbock, uh, this could be a trap game for Iowa State. Because the following week, they go to Oklahoma. Tech's probably not going to be great this year, but they would love nothing more than to burst the bubble in Iowa State's season the week before going to Oklahoma. I want to see what the mindset is for Iowa State. I want to make sure that they're clicking on all cylinders, and I'm going out to Lubbock to see what Texas Tech has in store for the Iowa State Cyclones. In week 12, there's only one place to go. That's Iowa State at Oklahoma. That is as of right now, the game of the year in the Big 12, it could end up with college game day being there. It could be um, you know, college football playoff implications in that game. That's going to be huge. So that's the obvious place to go in Week 12. And then Week 13 is Bedlam. Now, Bedlam's on a Saturday. So if I wanted to double dip on a Friday, TCU at Iowa State could have Big 12 championship game implications as well. I mean, that could be a playing game for the Big 12 championship game. That wouldn't shock me. And then K-State, Texas is very interesting, too, depending on what Texas does. But I'm going to Bedlam. I've not been to a Bedlam game. And uh, to me, that's the one that uh, I would have an absolute blast at. Absolute blast. And, you know, maybe Mike Gundy um, has a chance. Just maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. We know that OU's got his number. But I'm going to wrap up the season at Bedlam. And then, of course, the Big 12 championship game the next week. So there's your hypothetical theoretical dream big 12 road trip for me having to go to each of the big 12 stadiums at least once much more coming your way i'm pete mundo we're heartland college sports weekly part of heartlandcollegesports.com so before we keep this show rolling guys i do want to ask you as i do each and every week to take a moment out leave us a rating and a review on this show it does help tremendously grow the show grow the podcast and it's just a, a a way for us to keep outranking the big media guys on iTunes and all the other places. So if you take 30 seconds out, leave me a rating and a review, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It would mean the world to me to do it if you would do that, and I greatly appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much, guys, and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. So you know what else is going on this week, right? It is SEC Media Days Week. Oh man, a big circle. You know what? For SEC, media boys, fanboys all across America converge on Hoover, Alabama, and have themselves a grand old time. I, you know, this this show does air on some radio stations, so I can't tell you what I really want to say about. SEC media days, but I think you get my vision. You understand where it's going, right? National media goes down there and waxes poetic about how great the SEC is and how it's untouchable. And oh my goodness, when it's really Nick Saban and Nick Saban and and Nick Saban. And something happened at Big 12 media days this week that I want to make uh, sure I share with you, and you share with all your Big 12 buddies or anyone that's just not an SEC homer should know this. So Mark Stoops, brother of Bob, of course, but also the Kentucky head coach was asked about the SEC going to nine games, nine conference games, because right now they play eight. The Big 12, the Big 10, and the Pac-12 play nine conference games. The SEC and the ACC are still playing eight. But Mark Stoops, like uh, like many SEC coaches, only wants to play eight games, right? He says he's not in favor of expanding, saying, I wonder if people watched last year. There were quite a few people that struggled. That's how I feel. Well, no kidding, that's how you feel. No no kidding, that's how you feel. Because here's the sham that is the SEC. The SEC plays eight conference games because, well, it's the SEC. It's so difficult. We couldn't play more than eight games. I mean, that's crazy. That's wild. We can't play eight games. Who are you kidding? We can't do that. I mean, this is the SEC, don't you understand? Here's the sham, okay, that they're running, and no one calls them out on it. The eight-game conference schedule increases the SEC perception as they all ride Alabama's coattails. To talk about how hard the SEC is. If they go to a ninth conference game, half the conference will have one more loss. And suddenly an 8-4 SEC team turns into a 7-5 and five SEC team. And it may fall out of the top 25 rankings. Not look as good at the pollsters and the voters and the media. And the scam that they are running will be exposed. That's why they don't want nine conference games. And maybe one day somebody other than us will call this out for what it is. I find it highly unlikely. I, I wish. I really do wish. That this is something that would uh, uh, other media could say. But, you know, there's a reason that this show on the podcast is beating out a lot of the other uh, major podcasts when it comes to Big 12. If you look up Big 12 on your iTunes, right, this show is number one. There are shows done by CBS and ESPN and The Athletic and other ones. This show is number one when you search Big 12 on iTunes. And I do hope that if you are not a radio listener, you are listening on the podcast, and you will tell all your friends to subscribe to the podcast as well because that's how we keep beating a lot of these big dogs because we call this stuff for what it is. Like CBS does a, a good job with some of its podcasts on college football, but, you know, they got to straddle the fence, right, because they're CBS. They get a bow to the overlords. We do not have to do it, and we can just call it straight here on this stuff. And that is the reality that Mark Stoops said – What everybody in the SEC knows, but I'm not sure Mark Stoops realized that he gave up their playbook. And their playbook is talk about how difficult the SEC is, harp on that every chance you can in front of media. The media then runs to its, uh, you know, phones and laptops and tweets it out and writes stories about it and everything else. And they continue to protect their brand. And not only do they only play... Uh, eight sec games right they don't it's not that they just do that they do that cheap that cheap late season game right before rivalry week where they play an fcs opponent Uh, it's just so lame that they do it they've been doing it forever no one ever calls them out on it like kentucky's got new mexico state on november 20th they all do it before rivalry week and uh you know if they play one other power five conference team it's a big deal They do one other Power 5 game, it's a big deal. Kentucky's got Louisville in the non-conference, New Mexico State, Louisiana Monroe, and Chattanooga. They've always got at least two super easy non-conference games, the SEC. They always do it that way. Always have, always will be. So uh, that's the biggest story coming out of SEC Media Days to me, and... It's never going to change until we all start pushing back on it. It's just crazy. Speaking of the SEC, I want to goof on them a little bit more. We'll do it coming up next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. All right, guys. Well, since I've been having some fun goofing on SEC media days uh, this week, can I also tell you that Jimbo Fisher, what Jimbo, did you, I don't know. Maybe you saw this on the website, but Jimbo Fisher, the Texas A&M head coach, (laughs) this guy is such a goober. It really is. So uh, he is still bragging. Still bragging. He was talking to the Texas High School Football Coaches Association coaching school, and he was asked about expansion. And, of course, he went on to brag about a loss. Very on brand for an Aggie. Jimbo Fisher said, I believe in expanding the playoff. I believe expanding the playoff is a great thing. I think there are certain leagues who have advantages where you're able to dominate the league. I'm using as an example. We played Alabama as well as anyone did that year, meaning last year, and they didn't get into the playoff. Okay, Jimbo? You lost to Alabama by 28 points. Four touchdowns. You're bragging about a four touchdown loss. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to lose it. Oh, geez. Excuse me. Just gets me that worked up. When I hear Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher brag about losing a game by 28 points. I mean, are you kidding me? How do you say that with a straight face? Like, how – genuinely curious. How does Jimbo Fisher say with a straight face? Yeah, um, uh, well, we played Alabama as well as anyone. And I'm like – and I had to look back. I'm like, what did they lose by? 10, 14 points, 28 stinking points. You got to – you got to be kidding me. Got to be kidding me. My goodness. It's it's like a bad joke with that program. It is like a bad joke. Oh, It's just crazy, but it's also predictable to watch. Very, very predictable to watch that play out. Oh, brother. All right. Uh, Let me defend this show quickly as well, as we have a few minutes left here on the program. So those of you that catch this show on the podcast versus the radio, uh, you heard earlier in the week, Sam Mays join us of the franchise, and you heard Sam say something that I know many of you probably disagree with. Iowa State fans obviously disagree with it, but I would say there are Big 12 fans who disagree with it as well. And that is Sam Mays, uh, who said that he thought Brock Purdy was the weak link on this team. And if you didn't hear the interview, you can go back and listen to it just on the podcast. And he said that he was the weak link on the team, Brock Purdy, the Iowa State quarterback, and that he, uh, something about not living up to the moment or not being able to get up for the big game or get up for the moment is kind of how Sam Mays phrased it. And, you know, uh, people were mad because he said it. And, by the way, that's your right to be mad about it. I don't agree with it, by the way. I don't think he's the weak link. I think he's got some Brett Favre in him where he's better on the run. And he likes to try to do as much as he can. And sometimes that gets him into trouble. I think that's a fair assessment of Brock Purdy. But I don't think he's a weak link. And I still look around this conference and I say, outside of Spencer Rattler, who am I taking a quarterback over Brock Purdy in this conference? I, You know, there are teams in the conference who don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Baylor, Kansas, uh, Texas, Texas tech. Maybe it's probably shuck, but maybe. Am I taking Jared Dagey? Am I taking Max Duggan, Spencer Sanders, Skylar Thompson over Brock Purdy? I'm not, I'm not. I think he's the second best quarterback in the conference. So I don't think he's the weak link, but guys, you got to understand something. I bring on guests and this is how I do my show, my radio show in Kansas city. It's how I do this show here. Like I don't have a co-host to argue with, right? I don't want a co-host to argue with. I do solo shows on the radio. I do solo shows here. But when I bring a guest on, I let them give their opinion. And, uh, you know, should I, could I have jumped in and said, whoa, 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 what would you say about Brock Purdy? Yeah, sure. But it's also a chance for people to hear differing opinions, right? And, and, and it doesn't mean I agree with everything that each one of my guests say. I, I, I don't. And I think most people that consume content understand that. But people were saying, you let this guy trash Brock Purdy? I mean, okay. I mean, I, I let guests trash or not even trash. It wasn't trashing Brock Purdy. He just said that he thought that he was um, a weak link. I think that's a bad opinion. I disagree with that opinion. I wouldn't call it trashing him, though. It's just a, a take that I don't agree with. But, it, like, it's it's up to me to let a guest speak, and then you can react to what that guest says. And I think that's what makes this format great, and that's how I always do my shows. So uh, that's that's how you got to look at it because then Derek Duke, I guess he was asked a question in the mailbag this week about, uh, you know, why Brock Purdy does get trashed by some podcasts. And I, I don't know. People are like, well, you had a guy on your show trashing him this week. I don't I, – this show, and you guys know where I stand. I think Brock Purdy's the second best quarterback in this conference. I'd take him in a big spot. I think he's actually better in a big spot. Like I think that Brock Purdy's one of those guys who actually focuses more in big spots. That's just who I think he is. And I'd take him to run my team and win a game any day of the week. So it just, you know, understand where we're coming from, understand um, you know, what our goals are each and every week and and how we like to, you know, present this show to you, and then you can agree or disagree. But either way, we appreciate you joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. We are getting closer to the college football season, baby. I can't wait. And if you could do me a solid before you close out of the show, take 30 seconds out, leave a rating and a review. We want to get to 400 ratings on iTunes. We got 381 before the season starts. And that's how we beat out CBS, Athletic, ESPN, and all the other guys on Big 12 Podcast. So thank you for doing that. And that's why I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. If you leave me a rating and review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys.